BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Look at that when she lets those hands go. Man, the speed. Tisha, tiny tornado, it just took a lot of work for me to actually believe in my hands a lot more. You know, I have power behind them that a lot of people haven't even seen. All right, there she is, Raquel Pennington. Oh, and an overhand left, and Burgos didn't see it. You said power versus precision. I guess the power won this tonight. There he is, Josh Emmett. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Tell me, Jimmy. Good to see you. I'm very good, my friend. How are you? I'm good, brother. A few things to cover today. We have uh, Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres together. Uh, being partners, it's easy to get them at the same time, which is perfect. Oh, and uh, nice. with Josh Emmett, fight of the night over Shane Burgos. What a fucking fight. Um, there were some really good ones. Uh, and a couple of strange moments too, Matt. I'd love to get your take on one of these things. Talk to me, Jimmy. Going. Talk to me. Uh, uh, Austin Hubbard over Max Roshkoff. I think I'm saying his name right. I 100% want to talk about that. He was doing, and this was, he didn't come out for the third round. Now, obviously in the first round, he only had 10 days to get ready. He, uh, I guess, was his first fight in the UFC. Big, you know, he's five, five, five and oh, I think, or five, five fights. I don't know if he's undefeated. And uh, he was really dangerous on the ground going for submissions and going for leg locks and heel hooks. What do you think happened to him in that second round? Because he started to really get tagged, uh, knees to the body, shots to the body, uh, taking some really hard shots. And he looked very, very lost being unable to shoot for a takedown. He looked very lost in the stand-up. Is that the level difference, Matt, in the UFC? Or is it because he was just tired or is it a combination? Now, it could be, listen, it's his first fight in the UFC. And it was on short notice. He did not have a camp. So you got to just, you know, you're taking a shot. Now, in, uh, on the same card, just this, this has something to do with this. You had Justin James fighting Frank Camacho, yeah. okay? And yeah. Justin, again, that guy took this on uh, even less notice or something like Four days or some shit, yeah. Something insane. So now, the difference in, let's, let's just compare these two, these two fights because one was a huge payoff, and that guy doesn't regret taking it, Justin. He's, oh boy. he's happy he took the fight. <laughs> I hope he doesn't regret it. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's Max, where... Um, I'm sure, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he's like, shit, man, I wish I would have had a, a few more weeks on a Versa climber. You know what I mean? Yep. So 
Now, look, they both tried to finish it hard early, which is smart if you do not have a camp. You want to try – listen, I might not be able to go three rounds. I'm going to go hard in this first, look to take him out. The difference is the styles. Now, you got um, Max, who's with Robert Drysdale, jiu-jitsu stud. Doesn't look bad on his feet, but you saw – even the way he went for that leg lock, he grabbed the leg and he almost went like for a head – a high kick. And he went over into a beautiful transition into uh, something called double trouble. Where that was amazing. Wrapped up. Listen, this kid has a ton of potential. But, you know, the thing is, when a guy survives, and hey, a lot of credit to Austin Hubbard, 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 yeah. Hubbard for surviving the submission onslaught by Max. How do you pronounce Max's last name? Uh, Rushkoff. Rushkoff. I believe. Uh, yeah, well, Max Roshkoff had great has great jujitsu, but the difference is this: if a guy is cool, calm, and collective, all right, he escaped arm bars a thousand times. He knows how to get out of somebody's back control, and you know, and he could survive that. He's not really worse to wear if he's got good conditioning, right? Where you look at the fight with Justin James and Frank Camacho, Justin heavy hands, yeah, hurt him, and there was no chance. I mean, it's a different. It's a different attack, striking attack, but man, he jumped on him. What was that? Forty something seconds. So even if Frank got past that and survived it, he might have been worse to wear. Yeah. And all of a sudden, his conditioning might be on par with the guy who had, uh, or might be on the same level for the guy who didn't have enough time to get in shape. You know what I mean? So, right. but obviously he didn't survive that. And props to Justin for that, which was an insane fight. But back to Austin and Max. Austin showed um, great poise, and, and, and again, he, he, that's probably the experience. He survived. And not all that, he was getting ready for Joe Selecki, who is a, um, a very, very dangerous jiu-jitsu black belt, very heavy on the ground. So he's probably training for two months just getting out of shit and getting up. You know what I mean? Right. So that was a nice mix right there, a mix of a different opponent where it's another heavy um, submission-oriented uh, fighter. Right. But what I did not like is – Listen, man, you know you're, you're – you're, you're, it's one thing to have to try to push your, your fighter. And I know Robert Drysdale. I've been to his school before. I've, he's a nice yes. guy, very cool guy. And, uh, and he's been in there, so he knows what's up. And uh, it's one thing to try to, to uh, gas up your fighter, motivate. But when your fighter's telling you eight or nine times that he wants you to call it. Call it. And he's got – no, he's done. He's gonna, yeah. Now, what do you want this kid to do, take more abuse? He did not win the, the prior rounds. He lost. He lost two rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's going into the third. And, he's, and he took bad shots the second round. Right. He's got a bright future. It should have been, hey, man, we know we took this thing on whatever, a week's notice or less, whatever it was. Sure. I, I thought that was worse than when people were giving shit to uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith's fight versus um, – Glover to share. Yes. Yes, Glover. Yes, Glover. Uh, I think people, you know, he said, you know, I don't have my, you know, I'm losing my teeth. I don't have my, my teeth are falling out. Yes. Yes, yeah. that was bad. So people are saying, listen, he's got pride. He just, you know, he's, he's kind of letting them know it's up to the corner to step in. No, no, no. He, he, yes and no. That, that could be debated. But there's nothing to debate here. The guy's saying he wants out. He wants yeah. fucking out. I'm done. Call it. Call it. I'm done. Oh. Now you make him say it to the official. Come on. That's not cool. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a better, 
and I like Robert, man. I don't want to jump on him, but shit, man, it's got to be held accountable. You, you, you got you to gotta look out for your guy, man, his pride. Hey, man, we gave it a good shot. You're taking a beating now. It's not like we had two months to train for this thing. Right. This guy's being lazy or being a pussy because he's in shape. And Man, he took this thing basically without a camp, you know? Right, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah, as a coach, how do you handle that? How do, I mean, how I would – I don't want to be the guy on the sideline saying, I would have done this, but – I never had that happen to me. The closest thing I had was I had a fighter that wasn't – his heart wasn't really a, being a fighter. He was more of a jiu-jitsu guy. And this was in the, the lower leagues. And at one point, they stood him up, and he was on top of the guy. And they stood him up, and he didn't have anything wrong with him. And he, and he went to the – and they brought him back to my corner, and the other guy, and he goes, no, no, no. If they stand us up, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting. I go, hey, dude, I was going to hit him with the fucking stool. I was like, hey, man, No. You're fucking fighting. You're going to get on top this round. Don't sweat it. And he went up going in there and, and got a takedown and ended up winning. But that guy wasn't a fighter in his heart. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a different circumstance. And the guy wasn't taking a beating. He was just upset and he was afraid to be on the feet. That's not like this. This guy gave it it all. He tried to take him out. Oh, he showed some really, really nice jujitsu. I want right. to see this kid back again. I'm glad they didn't let him out for the third round. You know? They don't, you don't know what a, a severe beating could do to your career. You know right. what I mean? Yep. And some guys don't get over that. Some guys, and, and some guys mentally, it's hard to get over. His coach should have been like, look, man, we know we took this thing when we were on the couch. Let, let's, all right, you, you, you showed some skill set. You sure yeah. you, you should go on. You look great you, in the first you, round. You're telling me you can't continue. He, I mean, he told them like fucking nine times. You know what I mean? What's up, girls? I'm sorry, Tisha. Were you about to take a nap? I saw you relaxing. We, I'm sorry. Jimmy was talking my ear off. We keep you guys waiting? No. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> hey, congratulations, girls. Yeah. Thank you. Now, how did that feel? I mean, let me ask you, Raquel. Were you ner- how did it feel backstage? Because I, I fought before with my teammates on the same card, and that could be nerve-wracking enough, okay. you know? Like, if my fight, my, my wife or my better half was fighting on the same card, I might be a nervous mess. How were you backstage? So, listen, I thought I was great because normally Tisha's the more emotional one, and she's like, I cannot fight after you. So, she, we, were, she, we were both actually really excited that she was fighting before me for that reason. Um, and then I, we were sitting at the PI, and Tisha came out, and, like, I lost it. And I was like, now I know why she wanted to go first. And I started freaking out, and everybody started laughing at me. So all the other guys were sitting with me, plus my coach, and uh, they were like, it's all right, she's got it. But, I mean, during camp, that was pretty much our dynamic anyways. She trained before me, and then I trained after her, so it kind of felt the same. There was just way more emotions behind it. Was that on purpose? Did you do it for that reason, or it just worked out that way? It just worked out that way. Um, we figured I would fight later in the night just because of the rankings and stuff. So um, it kind of just it worked out. Tisha, this was a, a, it was a great win for both of you, but Tisha, this was a huge win for you coming off uh, a, a few losses. Did you feel this, like, I have to get this one? And, wh- and what did it feel like to get? Because they were all decisions. I mean, you're in every fight you, you, you have. Um, I felt like I had to get the win, but my coaches wanted me to just focus on going in there and, be, and putting on my best performance. Um, I'm glad I did come out with the win. It wasn't, it was a dominant win. I felt like yeah. myself a bit more there and like the, the tiny tornado that most people enjoy watching. It's got, I know how it is after a couple of losses and it could, it really shows your mental toughness because 
you know, one loss, it's like, all right, I'll get that back. Two, it could be like, all right, shit, man, this might be three. Three, it could be like, ah, it's my job. How, I mean, you said you felt the pressure. What did you coaches, like, how did they channel your zen? How did they keep you calm? You know, being like, maybe your job's at stake. Um, they've never said that to me. My coaches are very positive, um, and they know um, how emotionally sensitive I can be. <laughs> so uh, they tend to turn things around in the best light for me. And then just having Raquel as well, them there telling me, you know, that I am one of the best in the world, and I just truly need to believe that. That's what um, I guess separates me from some of the girls uh, in the past is because I didn't believe in myself enough. And I'm still continuing to gain confidence, but I really am truly one of the best in the world. And there's only a little bit of snippet that, uh, you know, um, separates me from the top. So, so, so you, um, your emotional meaning, do you get sad or do you panic or do you, does it, does it interfere with your ability to train? How does it affect you? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I, I suffer from, well, I don't want to say suffer. I have mental health issues. So um, that's a big part of my um, oh, sure. ability, but I'm taking medicine currently for that. So um, that's just something I have to deal with every day, challenge in itself. But um, I've been doing really good since I've been on my medicine and uh, helping. I don't know about you, but I'm a spiraler. I spiral. Like I, I really, I, I can take it. it I can take one little moment and it just confirms oh, everything. And next thing you know, I'm looking at the balcony. I'm like, just fucking jump. Like it's just not normal thinking. Yeah. Um, that's like, she, yeah, she, she, I'll take one thing and then it's just down the rabbit hole from there. And it's like, can we slow down and go back to like the top where we were even at? Um, but no, she did really good. This camp for her was a solid camp. She, Definitely shifted gears. We've been trying to get her to shift gears. She's an extremely talented athlete, and she would go into the gym, and the fighter that she is in the gym, we're like, Tisha, if you would just go out there and put that in the octagon, like, you're going to be world champion tomorrow. And so finally this camp, we got her to where it was less focused on the rounds because she's like, did I win that round? Did I win this? Did I win that? And it's like, stop worrying about winning and just worry about max effort. That's it. You go out there and you put your max effort when it's going to follow it. And we had to just right. remind her of that. And then I think she just started having a lot of fun. So that made a big difference. Right. Not control the results. Just do it, do the best you can do and anything, but not try to predict or control the outcome of it. Yep. Cause you can't control that. And being that both you got, both you guys were on the, uh, the same, same card. Usually like when I'm like, like when I'm fighting, I think like during camp, I can get, I can get irritable. I can get nasty. I can, whatever. And you know, my wife's got a deal because she knows what's going on. Now I can imagine with both you guys going through camp, how was the emotions? Were you, I mean, were you guys just both high-fiving and, and fucking hitting the road work or was it, you growling at each other? How was the camp leading up um, to this? Were both you guys in the same house, I'd imagine? We actually have really good dynamic because normally when I'm in camp and Tisha's not in camp, I'm super grumpy because Tisha's sitting there eating cakes and cookies and all the things. And it just really pisses me off. <laughs> but with her medicine that she's on, um, it took her weight up a little bit. So she actually had to learn what it was like to diet this time around. So we had a really good dynamic because we were like in the kitchen together and having to like, just be on the same page with that. And then we separated our fight camps 100%. So it was like, she would go to the gym and then I would go to the gym. And so it was like, then we can come home in between and just talk to each other about our sessions. And then every now and then 
we had a training session, um, like her partner or something would flake out or whatnot, and she would still want to get a spar in. So I would like spar her a few rounds and then get a break and then be able to do my own spar. And then we can just talk about it and like support each other. So overall, I think it was a great dynamic. Um, I was pretty happy with it on my end. No, I enjoyed it too. Uh, it was nice. Like I would train, I'd say hello to her, have a good practice, go home, be able to rest and then uh, see her again. And uh, as far as like, as the house goes, like I'm not a detailed cleaner. I'm a surface <laughs> cleaner. I throw shit away and then she can't see it. It's good. She likes to, you know, scrub things down. So she does the cleaning. I do the cooking and it, it really is a good balance there. Yeah, we had so a good balance. You're, you're like, if there's things piled up, you're like, just make the pile neater and put them in the closet where we don't have to look at them. And, and she's more out like, let's sight, throw this shit mind. out. Yeah. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. And when I open doors and stuff falls out, oh my gosh, no, thank you. <laughs> That's like me, man. I'm getting yelled at a lot during quarantine because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a pig. And my <laughs> wife's always like, I'm finding socks. I'm finding shirts. I don't know. I get, I get yelled at. <laughs> When you girls, let's, we'll get back to the fighting in a second. When you're, you're at home, you're relaxing. What are you guys? What are you guys watching? What are you guys streaming? I always like to find new shows. I got through Ozark, and now oh, I'm watching Ozark. Rico. But uh, what, what are you guys? What are you guys watching? Uh, we watched Ozark I all think three seasons. Watched everything you can think yes. of. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I watched Waco. She didn't watch Waco with me. Oh, um, I love documentaries, so I'm watching every single one that comes out, pretty much. I tried to get her to watch the Yeah, we, uh, we went through and we watched Scandal. We watched Designated Survivor. Uh, I started rewatching Nashville. Um, What's Nashville? What is that? It's like a country, like a country stars show. I, like, oh. I love country. I'm a country girl. So you love country. Out. Yeah. The but, only um, country music I like is Johnny Cash considered country. Mm. What is he? He's country, <laughs> but isn't that like saying I'm a big rap fan? I like Run DMC. Like when you say Johnny yeah. Cash, it's like oh, you don't go very deep with country. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge country. Um, I'm not really. Yeah. I don't really know who's in. Yeah, we got to listening to some like George Strait, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, he looks like I don't know. It's like you're speaking Japanese to me. I don't know any <laughs> country music. You know, I wouldn't be good in the line dance or whatever that. What do you call that? Line dancing. Line, dancing. <laughs> line dancing. I knew it was line dancing. What else, where are you guys? Where are you living now? Uh, Colorado Springs. Oh, what okay. part of the country is that? Is that Florida, California? Colorado. Wait, Colorado. Oh, Col oh, you said Colorado. I thought you said Cairo Springs, Colorado. I'm so glad I, I'm so glad I didn't ask that. I didn't hear you. That would have been a terrible For question. Colorado. Colorado Springs. Where in Jersey? I really am an ass. <laughs> Now, you guys do a lot of outdoor stuff, the hiking and everything else that's beautiful oh, yeah. out there. Yeah. During quarantine, we were biking like 20, anywhere from like 20 to 25 miles a day before biking. they But yeah, we were doing mountain biking. We have a boat and jet skis, so we go to the lake a lot too and hiking. We do ice climbing, rock climbing, whitewater oh, yeah. rafting, snowboarding. I feel like such a fat guy. Can I just tell you, how many miles did you do with the biking? Anywhere from like, some days we're... If we dropped lower, we went like 17, but we were doing like 20 to 25 miles a day. But like right. trail biking, wow. some hard stuff up and down, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. on flat. And that's like just to do like leisurely. That's not for a fight. That's just chilling. No. Yeah, we were just having fun. Yeah, see, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about, Jimmy. Now I feel like a fat guy. I got a bike. I got a mountain bike during this whole quarantine thing. Good thing I did that 
just when this thing hit because nobody can get a bike anywhere. Long right. Long. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't been rolling as much because everything that's going on. So I take pride that I've been biking with my family all around town. But then I'm like, ask my wife because she has the little Fitbit thing. Like, what do we do? She's like, ah, like five and a half miles. I'm like, ah, good. I, that's horrible. No, but, but you got kids with you. Wow. They're laughing at me, girls. That's not good. I got kids with me. You got kids. There's two active fighters. You have kids with you. It's, if, if you didn't have kids, you'd be uh, doing 30 shit. miles. Maybe yeah. I just feel big because I, I, mean, I would do that too. Yeah. He wouldn't be doing 30 miles. Maybe you'd be doing six. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got short legs. That's not an excuse, though, because Tisha doesn't have long legs. Didn't you go swimming with sharks? Oh, did I go swim with sharks? On Dana White looking for a fight? Yeah. Yes, I did. We also jumped off a cliff. Well, two out of three of us jumped off a cliff. I was like, he cliff. did not jump off a cliff because I was making fun of him on that one. Oh, Dana? Yeah. Yo, 100%. He might still be up there. <laughs> he, he, was, he was up there for, I'll tell you, girls, he was up there for, uh, for literally over three hours. The sun went down. It was just like sometimes you think like on the reality shows, they can mess with it to make it more dramatic. No, he was, he was up there for he so long. Yeah, let's change the subject before I get fired. Not me <laughs> kidding. But uh, you guys, that's so awesome. You watch the thing with the sharks. I'm not a water person either. Are you girls water people or no? Yeah, we are, but uh, we don't. I hate sharks. sharks. <laughs> uh, they freak me out, but I've actually swam with sharks too while I was in Hawaii. Oh, you so, did? Yeah. Were you so, in a yeah. cage or outside? I like six years, so I was just like, let's do it. And then I think I was still half drunk, so I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. Did you touch them or were you in a cage? Oh, hell no, I didn't touch them. You had a cage? Like, or I no? very, yes, I was very much so in a cage. I wouldn't okay. get out of it. That I was kind of like monkeying on the top of it, but then I had like somehow my head in between my legs looking down like I was very flexible in this moment when the sharks were there yeah I hey listen I wouldn't recommend I mean the cage the first thing we asked for is a cage and he goes ah oh, no that cage would not hurt you more than the sharks I go oh I'll take my chance <laughs> with the cage oh, I no. couldn't believe we didn't have a cage and then they were throwing the chum in the water smacking it was everything you're not supposed to do what kind of sharks were they who me do you know what kind of sharks they were? Hammerhead? I don't know. I'm thinking of shit. <laughs> no? Throw these curveballs at me they in front of the girls. Sand sharks. They weren't little sand sharks. They weren't little sand sharks. I mean, I remember looking down in there, and it's like it's like, it's like like I got its attention. The thing just looked up at me with that fucking long down. I'm like, ah! I was so freaked out. But shit, man, I got three kids. I can't turn this job down. It's a fun job. <laughs> and I'm glad you guys are watching. Uh, so listen, what's the celebration like? What do you guys, I mean, are you guys just like, whew. Any, I mean, uh, like you well, and really hit a it was definitely a crash camp. So we did four weeks of a camp. And so we just went zero to a hundred. Um, so to actually not diet and kind of eat what we want and be able to sleep has been really nice. We're still out here in Vegas, um, yeah. hanging out with friends until tomorrow. But, uh, I don't know. I just, I honestly want to jump in the car and road trip down to Florida and go spend time with my family and do a bunch of fishing. Wow. You want a road trip? You don't know. You, are you uncomfortable flying or do you just like a long, slow drive? I love road trips. I grew up road tripping. So I would rather just kind of road trip and do what I want and then just have some fun along the way. Um, and then I don't really know when I want to come back home. So it's like, let's just road trip and hang out. And then one day when I decide I want to come back home, we'll drive back home. Now, are you, uh, will you plan it? Like for me, I have to know, I'm, I'm an accommodations diva. I have to always know where I'm staying. Will you just drive or are you like to know exactly what place? Do they have good pillows? 
listen, I just want to drive and end up where I end up. This one the other day, we were going to practice. We were commuting to Denver, which is like an hour away from us. And she's like trying to plan out every step of my trip. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like plan out your own trip. I am going on vacation with no plans and I'm going to do whatever I want. If I want to sleep till like five o'clock in the afternoon, it's happening. It's like Clark Griswold in, in Wally World. That might be before your time, girls. Did you ever see Vacation? Yes. I've seen yep. Vacation. Yes! Oh, thank God. Jimmy, I'm 46, man. I'm, at, I'm, I'm getting dizzy with some of my movies. They're on, the things that we saw in theaters are now on Turner, Turner like classic movie. It's humiliating. <laughs> hey, a lot. Do you guys want to get back in there soon? I mean, I've been watching, especially now during the quarantine, people are fighting, like, like Courtney Casey for last month jump back in now um several um who else was it uh the kid was on in charles rosa you know he lost to jump back in who's that jessica i she just fought and then she's getting ready to fight like now yeah i think she just did a submission grappling uh thing she did a grappling event oh is it yeah yeah but it's okay hey listen it's still competing after my fight it's like yeah 30 pounds but uh, yeah, we talked to her, Matt. We, I think she said that she wasn't sure about one, so she signed up for the other just so she had something, yeah. and now she wound up doing both. Are we taking a break, girls? What are we doing? We deserve uh, it. So we want to go to Florida for like two weeks, but that's in the beginning, mid-July. So I wouldn't mind fighting again uh, in like two, three months maybe. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always down to fight. Every time they've offered me one, like unless I have a serious health issue going on, I'm in. So – I would, I definitely, like I said, I mean, for me, it's nicer the crash camps anyways, just because it's less time for me to get exhausted and it's less time for me to like, when I'm exhausted, then I'm all in my head and doing all the things. So, I mean, I've taken fights. I fought Jessica Andrade, um, our rematch. They called me and I was actually on a six month vacation. Like I was seriously out of the gym, enjoying life. Like I didn't want to be in the gym at all. And then uh, they called me on a three weeks notice and I was like, well, if I can make this weight, I'm in. And that was kind of this, this situation too. It was like, I, from the last fight that I had in January, I was just kind of hanging out and I was focusing on my schooling. And then they called during quarantine. And let me tell you, I was enjoying life in quarantine. So I was like, yeah. well, if I can make the weight, then I'm in. So I'm down for whatever. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Raquel, let, let me ask you this, because you're a good person to ask. You too, Tisha. There's been some current controversy over um, the fight uh, we were just talking about. What was it? Max, Max um, Rushkoff? And, uh, and Hubbard. He was asking his coach, telling his coach to call it, to call it, to call it. 
and his coach, you know, didn't. And then the official had to stop it. You know, listen, I don't want to bring up anything, you you know, in the past because right now you're shining. But, you know, in your fight with the champ, you know, you, you felt you were done in the fourth and then you ended up going to the fifth and your corner got some stuff. What do you think of that? Is it a case-per-case scenario or do you think Drysdale should be getting some shit? You know, it kind of depends. I think if the athlete – so here's from my perspective and being in there. Like, in reality, we're the ones that have control. If I 100% wanted out of there, I could have turned to the ref and said I was done. He could have done yeah. the same thing. Um, in my situation, I was experiencing – so I came back from a really long layoff, and then they wanted me to go into the title shot right away. Um, and – like for that was kind of a hard transition. Of course, that's what I wanted, but like I was just off for 18 months. And then when they originally scheduled us and I broke my leg, it was just kind of the cherry on top to everything that I was already going through. I got really depressed during that time. There was a lot of things that were just occurring behind the scenes from preparing for a fight and going out there and fighting for a world title. So I, when I broke my leg, I was the one that kind of rushed myself back. I mean, UFC offered me the fight a lot sooner than May, but I was like, no, let's push it out a little bit more, just kind of make myself feel better. But that was like one of the hardest camps to try to get through physically. And then going into the fight and Amanda caught my leg, that first kick when I fell, I actually felt like I rebroke my leg. So even though the adrenaline helped me jump up, I was in defense mode the entire fight. I've broken bones in a fight. I've done everything, but I have never experienced something like that. So that's where mine came from. Mine yeah. didn't come from, like, wanting to, like, give up and be out of there. But with my coaches, they knew, like, they know me as an athlete yes. person. And I don't just let anybody corner me. Like, I build trust with these guys. These guys are my extended family. So my coaches, even though they caught a bunch of shit, like, we talked about it afterwards. Right. And you know, my coaches are very passionate about what they do and they have our best interests at heart. So my head coach, Jason, he actually sat there and he cried and he was like, was I wrong? And I was like, no, you didn't let me give up on myself because I would actually have been more frustrated with myself because in that moment I was letting the pain in my leg get the best of me because that's all I could focus on. And yeah. in between rounds, it literally took everything I had to stand back up. Like I didn't feel the punches. I didn't feel everything that was going on in that fight with me and Amanda. And in quarantine, I actually rewatched that fight for the very first time. And I should have done that a long time ago. But, uh, so I, I think overall it just depends on like the situation. And I mean, the fighter could have clearly said that he wanted out, but I mean, if he was stating it more than once, then maybe that's something to kind of consider. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's a different, and it's a different situation. Like you said, I mean, he stated it like eight or nine times, nine and times, then he yeah. actually had to tell the doctor. So I, and he took it on short, short notice. Ten so it's days. not like, he, yeah. So it's like, you know, why are you putting that kid back out there? I, I think that was a, a definitely a, a different scenario all around. You know, especially I mean, like yeah. you don't want to be that person to get in the way of an athlete, but then at the same time you want your athlete to be safe. Like I mean, I've coached. I've been in the corner and coached other athletes. And then of course I've been there and watched Tisha and I know the emotions that come behind it and stuff. So to be the one to make that call or, you know, even me just coaching high school gymnastics to like kind of look out for the best interests of the athletes. But then at the same time, like you don't want to get in their way. It's a fine balance. And yes, people is. understand that. Like they right away just judge off of something. I mean, 
I think there's a big difference if your athletes out there just like completely like demolish like a complete punching bag and just like it's a total wreck. Right. Then it would be. But if I don't know if your athletes still out there putting a fight up and doing the things like I don't know. So you understand each other's like after a loss, you understand each other's energy, how to handle because you never know what to say to a fighter after they've lost. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, you want to say something nice, but you don't know what to say. I guess that's an advantage to being with someone who's a fighter is that you, you understand each other's exactly what it is that just happened. Yeah, pretty much. I think we understand each other. Tisha, sometimes I'm more of the mellow one. So I can like, I process a lot different than she does and she'll kind of dwell a little bit in it more and get a lot more emotional. So sometimes we have a hard balance. Like I understand what she's feeling, but like, I don't know like exactly what words to say to her because she needs so much more than what I do in those moments sometimes. Yeah. You both handle it differently. That's the, yeah. that's the, I guess that's the disadvantage. And, and is, is a disadvantage of being with someone who fights that you can, you're always kind of around it. Like there might be times you want to get away from the idea of fighting, but it's always there. Yeah, it doesn't disappear. Like, and for the longest time, I mean, this one was fun because it was just like we had something to look forward to as far as both of us being on it. And then we went into it at the same time. But since we've been together and dating, I mean, it was either Tisha was fighting and then as soon as she was done, I was in fight camp. And as soon as I was done, Tisha was back in fight camp. And like, that's how it just consistently went. So yeah, we definitely, there was a part in my life to where it was like, you know, I had my fight career, but I had my life outside. Yeah. And then ever since we've been together, it's just been like fighting, fighting, fighting. Right. So times that I'm like, oh my gosh, can we just not like, we'll go to a family dinner and our family is just so proud of us. And they want to talk about it. I'm like, stop talking about fighting. Like, let's talk yeah. about anything else, else. anything yeah. else, not anything else, that. but fighting. Yeah. yeah, of course. You know what else I can relate to when you said, uh, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but you said that you recently watched your, your fight versus Amanda Nunes and, uh, and you were like, uh, you know, it might've been the first time you watched it since. Oh, doesn't it, isn't it funny how after like your fight that you just fought and uh, a victory, I'll watch that till I burn the tape, but a fight you lost, you just, you kind of just relive such a shitty moment. So I have such a hard time watching all my losses. You have to watch or somebody has to watch to make the corrections, but oh man, it's like reliving it. And then when you have any totally opposite, when you're watching a victory and you're just like, you know, on a shitty day, I'll throw in my Frank Trigg fight or something. Like, I, it makes <laughs> you happy when you, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm oh, just- for sure. For sure. It's good. It's uh, fun you say that because normally if I lose or she lose, we don't watch it like at all. And then we just won this weekend and we watched our fight yesterday. Yeah, we just sat there and watched <laughs> How many them. times? <laughs> I get to the point that I do watch them. Like I'll watch them on my free time because I definitely want to grow. I always want to grow and I've always been that athlete. I always watched my film back in the day when it came to playing basketball or softball. Like I've always been about film. There was a point in my career where like, that shifted um but like the the Amanda fight is very unique for me just because like I said I I feel like everything leading up to that and then that fight was just like the cherry on top to like my mental state like my mental and emotional state from just like breaking from everything I was going through and then it was just like I I had a hard time with that because then right after that fight hit and everything was happening then I was redealing with my leg and the nerve damage and you know I mean I avoided, I barely avoided drop foot. I barely avoided amputation. Like there was a so lot. Many, 
yeah, a lot of people don't realize how serious it was, but like there was so much that I barely avoided and then to go into the fight and feel that all over again and then really have to take time and like, hey, if you want to keep your leg and you want to be healthy, then like you have to step back. So like I, I compartmentalized a lot of emotions towards that. And I, yeah, I definitely didn't watch that fight. But then you know how your mind likes to screw with you and it, it builds yeah. its own. So I built this complete image of what that fight looked like. And then when, uh, during quarantine, when ESPN was just airing a bunch of fights and mine came on, um, me and Tisha sat there and started to watch it. And like, I should have watched that fight the day after it happened because it was just like all the emotions I was carrying around. I actually sat on my couch and just cried, like for what I felt in that fight and the pain that I knew I was in with my leg, I couldn't be more proud of myself in that fight, especially with Amanda. I mean, you have her out there knocking out all these girls, the champions, the best of the best. And I was like in my worst state possible, still standing in front of her. And in the moments I decided to come forward, like some really good things were happening, but obviously like she won the fight and whatnot, but I needed, to, you know what I mean? Like I needed to reset. So I always tell myself from now on, as bad as it is, you got to swallow the pill and watch that shit. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. That's what you, that's the sign of a mature fighter. Me? I watched my loss to St. Pierre get kneed into all fours. I'm like, ah, get up, you bitch. Get up. <laughs> That's what I say. You little, everybody's watching. But anyway, and before, that's and before, what I do when I <laughs> And before, before we let you go, I wanted to, because you mentioned a possible amputation. Do they tell you that in the moment? Like, look, we might have to do this. Or is that after that they said, look, you were close? Oh, I came in and like, if you guys would have actually seen my leg, my leg looked pretty rough and so um i'm actually going to school for medical stuff and whatnot so i'm super knowledgeable on a lot of it and i was just like i was pretty nervous going in there and my first question was doc am i gonna be able to keep my leg and he's like well let's check it out and he said he was like uh we gotta run some tests and do all the things we gotta check your nerves um and then like because i had no control over things for a minute and then my calf was completely rolled up so we weren't sure if my calf like just wow. absolutely tore and you can't fix that um so yeah, i'm I, sorry how did how did it happen again um, you told me how did it happen i got to uh so i've been hunting my whole life since i was seven and we were out there on our normal family hunting trip and we were coming around the corner we were in side by sides when we went to go turn the corner it was just too sharp it was snowing and stuff and the side by side flipped and i actually like i almost cleared it but i had my rifle in between my legs and so it caught this leg. Basically, I just like covered and the roll cage crushed my leg. Ooh, and because I was wearing high boots, the doc said that really helped out. The boots like saved my leg because um, otherwise my ankle and everything would have been completely shattered. My God. Uh, so I really lucked out in that. But um, it's been uh, from the girl that fought Misha in, in between all that time to like up to now it's been this has just been me trying to get back to being like normal as myself as a human being and then also trying to fight and live a passion it's been right. a rough years and how is the late and how is it now how does the leg feel listen after what what fight was it after the Jermaine fight i think it was i uh because i can't remember that fight to save my life i developed a thyroid issue like i fell apart Right. So like my, my health just fell apart and I was like, all right, I need to figure out like my thyroid and I need to figure out my legs. So I actually took the time in between there before I fought, um, 
Aldana in July. I took that whole time off and just really focused on physical therapy three times a week. And now my leg is like, it's really good. You would never guess that I ever injured it. Like I took the time, I did everything I needed to and more. And Amazing. it's, it's cool. It feels good. But every now and then, like when I get dehydrated, cause my calf is still really like awkward. It looks like I have an ass on the back of my leg. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it looks yeah, like you have like, a what? My calf muscle just like falls in, so I have like these two little butt cheeks. Oh, like funny. an ass. Yes, like an ass. Oh. <laughs> That's what I see every time I brush my teeth in the morning, so I know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girls, before I let you go, you said you were teaching gymnastics. Were you always, both of you, you could start first, uh, Raquel, were you both uh, always into the uh, sports and gymnastics and stuff what you what you start with yeah so I grew up my mom always wanted me to be her little princess my mom did gymnastics and then she's been a high school gymnastics coach for 36 years now so I grew up around it did it for a little bit and then um I was really big into basketball volleyball and softball and then I did like cross country I played football like I've done all these huge jock yeah so, yeah, I've always been around sports ever since I was young. And then I started coaching with my mom uh, four, like four or five years ago. I actually decided to like start coaching. I coached high school softball for a little bit. And then I got into the gymnastics coaching. Oh, that's nice. Tisha? I, uh, I did karate my entire life. I started yes. when I was five and then I stopped when I started kickboxing. And then before MMA, I was a kickboxer for like three or four years. I had like 20 fights before coming into MMA. That, so that really helped me. And then I played high school soccer all four years. But I always wanted to be a gymnast. Everybody thought I was a gymnast. They'd ask my mom, uh, is your daughter a gymnast? She's so, because I hated my muscles growing up, but I've been big ass calves, big arms since I was five. <laughs> so, uh, and my bow-leggedness like you. <laughs> <laughs> why, did you why did you hate that you had muscles? Uh, awesome. I got made fun of a lot growing up because of it. Um, nowadays, they're promoting, you know, strength yeah. and different types of body styles. But back in the day, uh, having muscles was different, you know. So uh, they would draw little um, muscular, like a muscular fig figure and with hair on the chalkboards you know, and, and stuff. And it was me. Uh, and I went home crying a lot because of that. Um, so it made me really hate my body. You got Stop teased for exactly the opposite reason I did. I got <laughs> teased for having zero muscle, no shape. <laughs> but kids can be little shits, huh? Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you ever feel that that helped fuel you? Not that it's a good thing, like you don't uh -huh. like bullying, but man, I got messed with as a kid too. And I helped that fueled my fire to kick people's asses. Uh, I have people who reach out to me and are like, <laughs> I don't know, say stupid stuff, but in a good way. like those muscles really paid off, like all your hard work paid off. And I can't believe you're still doing, you know, what you loved back then. Cause I never imagined it being at this level in the UFC. Plus the, you know, women weren't allowed in the UFC back in 2011, you know, they started, I think in 2012 ish or something. Uh, 
but yeah, like it was just a, a passion of mine. And fortunately enough, I became good enough to have this as a career. And I'm super grateful what we're doing and not being having to go to like a nine to five. Like yes. if we want to take off a day, we take off a day. If we want to go on our boat on a Wednesday morning, we can do that. So uh, we're definitely blessed. And um, a lot of people have helped us be where we are today. It's not just, you know, us. There's a lot of people behind now us. Now she likes her muscles. Now I like my muscles. <laughs> I'll try to like, you know, go like this in my dress. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like, will you knock it off? Show me no. Dress off. 100%. Always, wherever I go, I always get compliments from other women telling me how much they, you know, admire my body and, and want the same body. I tell her all the time. I'm like, you get on my nerves. I like, everybody thinks I should be in the 125 division. I'm like, you guys have no clue. Like making 135 is super hard for me. Don't be fooled by my Mexi role. This is my reserved energy. But I really get annoyed with Tisha. Like, she can lay in bed at midnight and she can eat donuts. And somehow in the morning, she wakes up with a deeper six-pack. And I'm like, you're that's so annoying. Yeah, that's enraging. Yeah, show off the arms. The girls, I, what I notice when the girls don't like when they could go like this and it, and it like wiggles. Yeah. You, um, don't have, you have the opposite of that. You got to show no, that off. No, I don't got that. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Let's let them go. Yeah, we both. Uh, look, congratulations. So both of you uh, great wins, and uh, I'm happy you, you you both won your fights. You both look really good. Congrats, girls. Thank Appreciate you. It. You guys have a good one. Was good All time. right, Raquel. All right, Tisha. Take care. Take care. Bye -bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. Jimmy, let's do it. Let's talk about our picks because you know there's times when I can't pick them. And there's times I'm almost spot on, Jimmy. You understand? Let's go through it. And, um, and, and I still want to talk more about some of the prelims either later or whatever. So, but let's talk about our picks. We have and to talk I'm about gonna, our picks. We can just talk about a couple of them. We well, let's start with, let's start, we'll, we'll go, um, we'll lead up to the Curtis Blades fight. We'll, we'll, we'll start off, I should say, with the Jim Miller versus um, Roosevelt Roberts. Roberts, yep. Yes. So, I mean, my pick was a second-round stoppage. I mean, hey, listen. That's right. I didn't get it right. Oh, no, I got yeah. it right. But yeah. it was the first round he stopped him in. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. So, he got partially right. And you said this. Well, I mean, stop. A second, I, got the round. I had a second round. I had second, you had first round. I had second round. So, we'll call yeah. that one. Well, wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, what? You had the second round for Roosevelt. Roberts. Oh, that was my mistake. So, so, well, that so, was my so, mistake. So, so, I mean, so it wasn't a wash at all. It's the exact opposite. Oh, it's yeah. One, okay. It's one for Matt. Oh, the Kamora Savage. Jimmy, yeah. do you ever see that art that uh, that kid did of us? It's on my oh. Instagram page. It's like a comic book. I tagged you in it. No. I was, oh, I didn't Jimmy. See it. It's oh, uh, nice. Jay Ski Sketchings. He did one of the adventures of Kamora Savage and Jimmy Bird. Oh, um, Bilal Muhammad, uh, Lyman Good. Oh, um, well, you got that one wrong. I did. I, I did indeed get that one wrong. Um, I thought Lyman Good was going to pull it out, especially. I think the third was his big round, uh, well, where he was really, he, Bilal had slowed down a little bit and, and Lyman was really catching him, but uh, he had a, he had him really hurt a couple times. But uh, Bilal Muhammad is very tough. I think that you always thought that Lyman was better than good. Sorry, Jimmy. I didn't hear what you said. You might cut out. Well, anyway, Lyman good. 
versus my buddy there, Bilal Muhammad. And you know what? It started off, and Lyman is a bit of a, a ball. You know what I mean? He's powerful. Yeah, very powerful. He's coming in with trying to conquer the cage. But you, a lot has to be said for Bilal's footwork. Yeah. You know? Amazing. Left, right, left, right. He's, right, left, right. he's nice. very hard to catch up with. Oh, man. It was great. And uh, it's funny. Bilal commented on um, UFC Unfiltered on uh, the uh, on Instagram. They put our picks out there. So th- they did my pick, which was Bilal Muhammad by decision, which is exact, exactly. Yeah. Jimmy, look at me for Jimmy. Look I me. almost got it right. There was okay. a decision. Well, Jimmy, stop it. You just <laughs> Sorry, one Jimmy. I, I, you got the other. I'm listening. I know what I just noticed. I'm not a good winner. I'm not no. a winner. Uh, You're a bad winner. I'm being a little bit of a braggart. But anyway, yeah. I was, Bilal commented, good pick, Matt Sarah. You know, you see, they're watching. He follows us on Instagram. Well, look, so listen. I happen, I, Lyman Good, in fairness to me, the Tiger Show, I have to pick it's the true. school that has trained me to be the killer I am. You're right. Let's get you're right, Jimmy. You're right. You got you gotta stay with your team no matter what. Yeah. All right. But Bilal Muhammad looked great. I know, yeah, for sure. Great, man. I can't wait to see. Really hard to hit. Yeah. Tremendous. Very tough. In that third round when he started tagging him, he's he's uh he's very, very tough to survive that third. His on his social media, uh Bilal Muhammad, uh, he put on uh this is what I like. I like like when when people uh fighters do this. They, he did something like Future Boss. There was a picture of him in like Dana from 2012 or something. Yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's a picture of a young Bilal Muhammad with Dana White. And it said in the uh, social media caption, my future boss. And then there was a picture from the other night with Dana Woodham. Congratulating. That wow. That's nice, no? That's nice. Yeah. Jimmy, you got to follow your dreams, Jimmy. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yes, you do. All right. And you can make them come true like Bilal Muhammad is. Sure. Or like Hall and Oates would say. What, she's a man-eater? No, you make my dreams come true. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I used to like Hall and Oates. I had a room, a picture, I had a poster of them when I was a little kid. That's horrible to say. <laughs> That's a horror. That's the worst thing you've said since I've done. And, and, uh, Oates had the fucking, one of them had the mustache. Yeah. And the other one had the mullet, like the long, like long hair. Yeah. They had, some, yeah. they had some doozies back in the day, Jimmy. Yeah, I hate to see yeah, you look, look it up at Hall and Oates for your inspiration. Gonna make my dreams come true someday. Oh, eyes are watching you. you. They know the your 80s clap. Every move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The claps. And then the girls and the like the, the, the uh like the FBI fucking uh, Yeah, that's awful. Anyway, it was awful, Jimmy. The fucking 80s. Yeah. Uh Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renew. We both had her. Well, listen, by decision. I like the way you, you jump on. The, no, actually, I picked by decision, Jimmy, and you picked Pennington by third round sub. God damn, I'm on fire. Yeah. That boy is on fire. Yeah. Come on. Listen to me. Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm singing a little extra today. I'm pent up. Yeah. I got to go for a bike ride or do some jujitsu. But listen to me. I am on fire, ain't I? Either that or the edibles are kicking in. I'm only kidding. Jimmy, I'm on espresso. I picked it. I got it. Raquel Pennington by decision. All right. Now let's go with the one I got wrong, which was very close, though. 
And we're going to be yeah. talking to Josh Emmett any second now. But Josh Emmett uh, versus Shane Burgos. Was we both free- got that one wrong. What a great fight. What a great fight, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I'm, man, I'm going to ask Josh how it felt like when he was, he was really catching um, Shane. But Shane has a way, and it kind of me a little bit of Jake LaMotta when he would say, you know, how do you take those punches? He goes, no, nah, Jake LaMotta roll, said that. He, yeah. I would roll with them, so I'm taking off 20 30% or whatever it is. And that's really what Shane Burgos does, kind of like – he does it in a way all its own, his own, his own. Like I've never seen anybody quite stay so in the pocket yep. and get blasted. It looks like he's getting straight blasted. blasted. Part of it is his chin. But he is rolling with it slightly to take it off, to take off that, that blunt impact. Here's what was impressive about Emmett, too, was with a five-inch reach advantage that um, uh, Burgos had, his hook was still uh, – Emmett's hook was still so effective. He was so good at closing that distance. Uh, you know, but Burgos, his reach, I think, helped him at one point. But I, I was really impressed with how well Emmett closed that distance. It didn't seem to bother him. Or if Man, it did I, bother me, it, it, it didn't bother him enough to make a difference. I mean, that, that was a razor thin. It was close. Very. The, close. You know, that third round is what really, you know, cemented it, I'd say, for Josh. I mean, it could have been. It was close because the first two rounds, you know, I think uh, Emmett was landing some really good punches. But again, Burgos was coming back. And yeah. he's and I'll tell you, he's one of those fighters that just gets better as the fight goes on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh it, it kind of made it, it trusting his chin and kind of rolling and staying in that pocket, just a, a tiny, a tad little if you take a if you're a little bit too slow on that, you take a little bit off, like later in the rounds, and that's what happens. You could pay for it. And that's pretty much what happened to him. Because he was fighting the same way throughout the whole fight. Yeah. Jimmy, you got everyone wrong except for the the uh the main event. Curtis Blades. Oh, no, I got Raquel right. I mean, I got Raquel right. Oh, you winner, did. I'm right? sorry. Yeah, of course. I got everyone right except for the Shane Virgos fight. But, hey, I'll tell you, for one to get wrong, that was a, that was a close fight. Yeah. All right. Listen, Jimmy. Uh, Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Can I, can I tell you what I really feel Curtis Blades needs to do? Okay. And I really – this is what I think. He's an awesome wrestler. He is uh, his striking is is is, is really is good and, and and it's getting better and it's dangerous. He needs to get better at straight up jujitsu on the floor. That's what he needs to do because yeah. he's getting it down and he likes to work a lot. Yeah, he works from the closed guard. Do you know why, Jimmy? Because um, he busts in those. I'm sorry, I'm answering for you. Go ahead. I don't know why. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> because he trusts in those dangerous, dangerous. Elbows that he throws, ground and pound. But now he's dealing with a guy six seven. So when he's in that guard, I'll tell you, that's it. It, it Alexander can relax a little bit. A lot of those elbows weren't getting through because of that long torso, you know. So he wasn't doing the damage he wants, and he's not being able to rest as much as he would. Let's say from let's say some let's say look at Jillian Jillian Roberts, her fight versus Courtney Casey. She wasn't just trying to beat her up from half from guard. She passed the half guard. Then looked to work her over a little bit. And, you know, Cordy was doing a good job keeping her at bay. Mm-hmm. But then if she gets a little overzealous, a little bit of space, guess what? Jillian's passing. So now she's cross-eyed. Now, oh, as she's losing it, she'll go back to half guard. She's dominating 
it's not a lot of effort. She has very good ground control. And she's beating her with a jujitsu-based um, control system there. Like, she's beating her jujitsu-wise. She's not just ground and pounding her like Mark Coleman did in UFC number fucking three or four or five, right. whatever it was, uh, from inside the guard. That's only going to get you so far. And next thing you know, you're going to be getting caught in arm locks. You're not going to you're going to get tired. And, uh, and it depends on the person's guard. You might not be doing the damage you want. And now that might be great for three rounds. Now you're in five rounds. No, you know what happens and how you're going to feel in that fifth round. Do you know? How? Tired. Tired right. is not. But when they say fatigue makes cowards of all men, great. I don't, I don't know. That was either. Vince Lombardi or, or Bruce Lee. But anyway, a lot of sports coaches, they, it's a very common um, motto there is, uh, you know, fatigue makes cowards of all men. If Curtis Blades sees an unarmed individual anywhere staring at him, do you think he's ever going to go to you, Jimmy? Do you think he's ever going to go, oh, my God, oh, my God? No, he's saying that. Because his body wants to do nothing but lay down and get given yeah. water and fucking relax. It, it is, it is, you would rather sometimes get that shot on the chin and let it be over. Than right. deal, people do not know the fatigue and what it does to you physically and mentally. Curtis Blades is a scary guy. Yes, he scary. is. He said, oh my God. And between heavy, heavy breaths, he was – and then after the fight, after he wins – and listen, gutsy performance. Yeah. I mean, he did – he dominated the fight. Never once did we see when he had him on all fours looking to get the hooks in to flatten him out, looking then get mount, get – you know, get – he didn't trust in it because he's not doing that in practice. He's on a wrestling ride, and he's beating the guy up. And then he's getting on top. He's beating the guy up from inside of his guard. We have to get better at our straight-up jiu-jitsu. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, Josh Emmett? Hey, buddy. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you, man? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. You had, uh, you had something with the uh, doctors today. Are you all right? Um, I'm actually at the PI right now. So I, oh, shit. I just got treatment. Um, I, I go get my MRI at 12. Yeah. I just saw Al's in there getting worked on right now. <laughs> oh, raging Al? He's over yeah. there. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> now, Josh, let me ask you, first of all, congratulations. Amazing fight. Tremendous man. Yeah. Thank you. 
What happened with your leg, I believe, in that first round? Was that a pre-existing injury or something happened to your ACL or what happened? Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, no pre-existing. I, I felt great going into this fight. Um, I think I just, I thought he kicked me, but looking back at the fight, I, I just, I, I hyperextended it. Like I, I, I stepped with my left leg and then I kind of, my weight went back and um, just right then I've never experienced anything like that. It just gave out. I didn't hear any type of popping noise. Um, but then I moved around and it, it just kept buckling and man, that, that was tough. You know, it was super tough for me right then. I had to, it hurt like hell and it, I had no stability. So I, first thing in my mind, I was just like, I am not going home with one check. I was like, fuck this. It was my, you know, biggest fight of my career to date. And, and then that happens 15, 20 seconds into the fight. So yes. I just, you know, I think most people would have quit or they would have looked for a way out. And I was just like, I'm going to bite down and just throw everything I have at him. Shane Burgos is probably one of the worst guys for that to happen with. Cause he's an, it's all about in your face type of guy. I mean, the guy doesn't take his foot off the gas pedal and he was constantly in your face. And what I found very interesting was we all see how powerful you are with your, your power. And you know, when I watched the fight, I, I seen Shane rolling with it. But yeah. man, how did it feel? Was it at all disheartening seeing when you were when you were connecting with him that he wasn't really going anywhere? And well, until third round, until third round, yeah. 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 But in the beginning, was it disheartening when he was taking no, those not, shots? Not at all. Um, I, I felt like I, I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to come forward, but I also thought I said I will land big shots. Um, but I thought once I landed those big shots, he would not be coming forward as much, but he did. And, uh, the, the thing with the knee is I, I couldn't move. Like I use a lot of movement in my fights. I couldn't move. Um, I couldn't kick with my right leg because all my weight was on my left and it would keep buckling. Every time he kicked me in the leg, it looked bad. Like he was, you know, hitting that leg hard, but my leg was buckling and I couldn't go to the liver. I, I just couldn't put any weight on that side. Um, and I didn't get to sit down on my punches um, and, and really throw 100%. I wasn't hitting him with like what I'm capable of, even though I was hitting him hard. Um, so that's the thing. I, I feel like if I had my knee, I don't think he gets out of the second round. I want, do you think him coming forward so aggressively too? Because uh, he had five inches, uh, five inches of reach. Did him coming forward kind of help you? Uh, like almost like he was helping close the distance for you. You, you didn't have to uh, oh, yeah. chase him around the cage. Of course, you know, if, if, I, if I had that kind of reach, I would just, man, I'd be in heaven. I would just stay on the outside and use my jab all day, you know. But he, he just kept coming forward, and, and I was able to land the jab. Like I, I bloodied him up and – and, and busted him up with just my jab. And, and I was surprised on someone that had 75 and a half inch reach, I was able to just bust him up with a jab, you know? Um, and that's the thing. My, my boxing coach, Joey Rodriguez always says that I have a shotgun for a jab. So he's like, but I still couldn't, I couldn't commit to my punches, you know, I just because of the, the knee issue I experienced in the first like 15, 20 seconds. You dropped him in the third too. And, and again, this could just be, I watched that moment back a few times. Was there a second where you thought before you ran in or, or did you, or did you run in direct? Was there no thought for, I don't for some reason, I remember watching it and, and going like, he's, why is he waiting? Is he, is there, does he think that Shane is out or am I just seeing that incorrectly? Yeah, no, I, I think it's all comes down to the knee. You know, I was like, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't 
explode or go in as fast. You know, oh. I would have got on him even in the third one. I I had him down. I was just kind of in a what sense I was kind of stalling. You know, just holding him there. Um, and then when he turned away, I could have took his back, but I, I couldn't push off my leg. So I let him go. And then when he stood up, I would have normally kicked him in his head with my right leg, but I couldn't put that pressure on my left. So I, for one, didn't take his back when he gave it to me. And then I didn't, you know, capitalize um, when he, I, I would have blasted him. I, I couldn't. So I, that I, bulldog it, style of, sorry, Matt, of just coming in really in a way helped you because your mobility was cut down and, and he, and he kind of didn't make you that, that, that couldn't have worked out better, I guess, because you were right there and you just had to kind of just stand there and throw as opposed to chasing him halfway around. Oh, and, 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 and I knew that was going to be the, the issue or the case that I knew I would not have to chase Shane around. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if, 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 if he would have just worked that jab and stayed long and, and I couldn't move, he probably would have just picked me apart because with his jab, but, but he didn't, that's not the way he fights. Right. Um, so, so I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you, to his credit, though, he usually he, he could break guys. And to your credit, he couldn't break you. Because yeah, that no. is his style. Right. It's not like he always stays on the outside. He's, right. in, he's in your face. Yeah, and, and no, the, I, I knew he was going to come forward, so it was going to be easy for me to hit him. And, and he drops his hands a lot. And, uh, and I was like, well, if he, if he does that with me, it's, it's not going to be good. You know, I can end or change the fight. And what do you see yourself oh, – sorry, man. What do you see yourself uh, – because uh, you're on a nice run. I mean, uh, five out of the last six. And I mean, the, you know, the loss of Jeremy Stevens could happen to anybody. So what, what do you see yourself doing uh, uh, next? Because you're one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, man, I want to fight up. You know, I want to fight. My, my goal is to be a world champion. I, I know I can compete with the best. Uh, I need the opportunity. I need the chance. I need the push. Um, so, so yeah, I want, I want to fight forward to get I feel like I'm one fight away for fighting for the title or who knows with, with how crazy everything is with people not having, being able to get visas with people being injured, not wanting to fight. I, I, I now I see people even after Burgos in, in, in my fight, people are like, I wouldn't be mad if Josh got the winner of Volkanovsky Holloway. I wouldn't be mad either. Or yeah, of course, give, give me the number one contender. Who's that? Ortega. Let me fight him. I beat him. Give me the winner of that. Like Does Brian have a fight lined up? I'm not sure. For some reason, I think Brian I has something. So they keep talking about possibly doing the um, the uh, Zabit and um, or no, no, Korean Zombie Zombie yeah. fight. But but who knows? You know, like I would like to. We'll just see you know, kind of what happens. What's the word on your knee now? Did you get a Did you get a diagnosed? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go do the MRI right after this. So oh, shit. Talk, I do the MRI. So I, I'm, I'm at the PI. I just got treatment. Um, but, but we'll see. What do they do for it? Like uh, when, when something like that happens and, and they're not a hundred percent sure what it is, what do they do? Um, I, I think right now they're just, you know, it's swollen. I couldn't move uh, Heather. She's great here at the PI. She's just working on the range of motion. She's doing soft tissue work and uh, I'm using the game ready, like just icing and elevating and movement. Um, but I know I've been, I was, I was pretty down after the fight just because of the knee, you know, I was out for a year and then, and then that happened and I didn't get to perform the way I wanted to. Um, so I was just pissed, man. I was you pissed know, off the knee. <laughs> I was going to say, man, cause look how nice, I mean, Jimmy, Josh has always been such a nice guy. Yeah, very after pleasant fight, fellow. After the fight, it was hysterical. I mean, I'm like, he looks pissed. You're like. Cause you got the win and it was a tough ass fight, a great fight, tough and entertaining. And you on the mic and you were like, you know what? 
all these, the, the critics and the, the journalists, I'm not even doing interviews anymore. You're all counting me out. You were like, I'm like, holy shit, man. I never saw you like that. Now, no, did you, did, what yeah, just, was it that pissed you off? Like, was it? Well, it's just, just every, like, I'll see a bunch of stuff and just, just a handful of people, you know, they're like, yeah. I'll do interviews with them. And then I see him come out with this other show and they're like, well, I'm going to go with Burgos. He's going to be too much for him. You know, he's younger, he's taller, he's this and that. I'm like, and people are just talking about the hype and all this stuff. And I'm like, where is this hype? Like, yeah. look at the resume, look at who he's fought, look at who I fought. You know, it's like, yeah, he's a talented guy, but it's like, everyone's always counting me out. Everyone's always saying all I have, I'm a powerful guy with just an overhand, right? That's all I have. Like, I can do so much more. I come from a wrestling background. My jits is great. Um, I can do a lot, you know, uh, it, it just, it, it just frustrates me. And then, and then just the knee was icing on top yeah. and I was, I don't, I don't know. I was just, I was no, just a, <laughs> listen, man, that's not a bad thing. When I was fighting, I'd run into guys that picked against me and I remember taking it so personal because I'm like, it's basically, you know, it's not like you're picking a team to lose and then they'll be upset. They lost. You're basically saying, I'm going to get my ass kicked. So, I mean, I'd be like, yo, dude, I was, a, I mean, I was younger and I remember just getting nasty, but that's not a bad thing. You could use that. You piss yeah. you want to kick the guy's ass. Like, I don't know. I, it, and now I'm on the other side where I actually have to make the picks. And you don't want to, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but yeah, no, it's really all, tough to pick. Too. You're, you're all bad motherfuckers, man. All you're good best fighters, fighters, yeah. Best fighters on the planet. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, I, I totally understand, and it's not people are going to do their jobs, but just a, a, a certain certain ones, I think, just kind of got under my skin that yeah. you know I was always still cool with them, but I don't know it's it's just something else that just bothered me. Some. It's the way they say it sometimes. Yeah, if they're like, dicks well, about it, or if they dismiss yeah. you, uh, you know, it, it, it being dismissed, I'm sure, is irritating. Yeah, exactly. So it was cool. It, it, for all in all, it was a, it was a great experience. Even to, to be able to make some money during this time, I was, uh, mm. I was excited to finally Dana White. That's the first time you ever got to see me fight live. He's never got to uh, see me fight live, and it's different um, in person than watching on TV, and especially at the Apex with it being quiet and the, yeah. like the sound of it, but he was standing up clapping everything. So I was like, man, I, I wanted to, I was excited about that. Cause I was like, I, I know I can, I can turn Dana into a fan if he sees me fight live. Oh, shit, and I, yeah. I did that. Oh, how did you like fighting with no audience? Sorry, Matt. How did you like fighting with no audience? The guys have had different uh, feelings about it. Yeah. I didn't care. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I could care less. You know, it's, uh, I, I thought it was going to be really odd, but, but cause I've seen it on the outside when I, I got to help coach on the ultimate fighter once. And I did not like that, but being a competitor and being in a fight, like it's a fight, you know, like say, say something goes on out there. It's like, there's no crowd, you know, it's like if something, yeah. <laughs> if someone does something funky, it's like, yeah, it, it fights a fight, you know, That's so I, it. Yeah. I, I, I could care less, you know, you're in the zone you know, I train in that atmosphere. Like I'm really coachable. I, I hear all my coaches, even in the fights when there's tons of crowds, I always hear my uh, opponent's corners. And when they're calling combinations, I'll throw the same combination just to kind of mess with them. So it's like, I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know, well, I would do it again. Things are looking good for team alpha male. You just had Andre Feely coming off a nice win, you know, yeah, and, and, Cody, you, you, yeah. and Cody, what am I saying? Of course. Incredible. And now, and now you, you guys, Hey, something's going right over there. You guys are doing something right. Yeah, it's always people either love us or hate us, and people are going to win and lose fights, and, you know, it's just 
you know how it you know how it is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt good for Cody though. He he really seemed like he needed a win and that was such a beautiful way to get one too. I I was really happy for him. Yeah, it's got to be hard because he was, you know, people just <laughs> having all those losses and yeah, it was tough for him. So I'm glad I'm happy for him and him be back on top and you know, yeah, it's he needed that and he he did, he looked great. He looked really great. Yeah. Well, look man, we hope uh, so you're going in for an MRI today. Yep, yeah, like in right 45 now. minutes. So I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed, and uh, yeah, because I, I just want to get back in there. You know, I want to, I want to compete. I want to make a run at this title. You know, that's that's why I'm doing this. I want to be a world champion. I will be a world champion, but I need to move forward. So it yeah. seems like guys who want to stay busy during this quarantine, they're getting the opportunity to. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're fighting like one month to the next. Charles Rosa, Courtney Casey. They were just fought last month. They're fighting this month. So if you're healthy, that, that I think it's a smart thing to do. Take yeah, no, yeah, and I, and I feel I feel great right now. Like I don't even just besides I can't you know the stability of my knee, but it's it, but it is getting better. Even from like a from last night to today, uh. to today it feels so much better. So we'll see. I, I could get back in there and fight you know next week if my damn yeah. knee was hurt. I'll tell you, man, it's very impressive because yeah. That thing happened like the oh, how what was it like fifteen seconds in or something? Twenty yeah, like seconds 15, in. 20 seconds into the fight, dude. That's that's ridiculous, especially with a guy like Shane, who's an in-your-face style like that. You know, it's hardly time to breathe. But hey, man, congratulations! Man. Yeah, was, you look great, was, man. Fight of the night. Thank you. I appreciate it, you guys. And good luck with the MRI too. I hope uh, you know. I hope there's nothing wrong, and, and we can watch you again soon. Because Matt's right, guys who want to stay active now it seems like there's they're they're presenting fights yeah, they, for people. That's one thing they were already. Sean was like, before I even fought, he was saying, "Oh, I want Josh to fight at the end of August." So I was like, "Hey, I got to win one fight first. But <laughs> yeah. I, I want to fight as consistent as possible. I was like, I, I wanted to get three in this year, you know, and and, and that was doable. So um, yeah, we'll just see what happens with the MRI. All right, well, awesome. we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Uh, it's good talking to you, Josh. We're glad you were able to come on. Well, thank you. I will uh, talk to you guys soon, hopefully. Y- yes, and congratulations, man. Incredible congrats fight. again. Congrats, buddy. Take care. Be good. Take care, Josh. Hey, man, I'm happy that Me we got too. to talk to Josh. Yes. And, uh, That's going to suck, easy, dude. Yeah. That's going to suck waiting for because you feel so good after such an amazing win over a really tough guy. And then to have to wait and go, fuck, am I going to have to wait six months or a year to fight again? And it just, this, that's a rough, uh, a rough thing to have. And I know what he's talking about. Sometimes it's the way guys put things when they're picking against you. Like, oh, well, this one has no, you know, he's, he's this or he's that. And they kind of say condescending. They he, didn't mean, he, he didn't mean us, Jimmy. No, but I would be comfortable telling him why we picked Shane. Uh, it, it felt like a pretty evenly matched fight. Shane does have some reach. He's very tough. And also, uh, Wait, Tiger Shulman. I can't pick against Tiger Shulman. What's <laughs> the fight somebody from uh, Saralongo? That's a tougher. That's a tougher decision. I mean, Uriah Hall, uh, uh, Ul Romero. They're talking about. Uh, even though you, uh, Uriah's not there anymore, I'm still going to root for Uriah. And again, I love Uriah, so I wouldn't care. Uriah is. We, we say this about a, a few people, but Uriah literally is one of the true friends of uh, the UFC Unfiltered. Yes, he is. He's a good egg. All right, Jimmy, what else do we got? Because I'll tell you, we had a heck of a show, heck of a program. And on Wednesday, we're going to preview the fights uh, on the uh, Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Yes, Dan Ige. Oh, Dan Dan Hooker. Yeah, Dan Hooker. Dan Ige's got a fight coming. I know. I just mixed up the names. It's very exciting. Jimmy, I'm, I'm really enjoying that the fights are back. I am too. Dude, it's... 
literally when you watch, and again, I know that baseball is a team sport, but when you watch how eager fighters were to get back and how baseball players are like, well, we'll see, you know, I, I love it. And, and there's no way this is doing anything but great things for the UFC because people who were not fans are watching. People who uh, wouldn't have watched before because they'd rather watch fucking hockey or but nothing else is on, they're going to watch this and they're going to see how exciting it is. Uh, so I, I hope this is really helping the UFC a lot. Because that Jimmy's- helps us. Because I'm selfish and I want a job. Jimmy, what do you want me to sing to end this? Um, what do you want me to sing? What I would like to you to end this. There's a song. Because, damn it. I'm all pent up, Jimmy. I know what you can I'm sing. all pent up. How about I need to just belt out a tune. Okay. What do you want to hear to end this pro end this episode? The song called Jimmy just closed his window and no, I don't know what to do. Don't do it, Jimmy. <laughs> Goodbye everybody. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.